Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Um, welcome to another edition of Zen Parenting Radio. Thank you. Um, we're talking about trees and the murder of trees. Oh, no, not the murder of trees. The homicide. Let's start talking about the beauty of trees. And Ooh, let's focus start. on what trees represent. And let's focus on how reliant we are on trees and how we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to survive on this earth without trees. And some of us will be like, oh yeah, of course I know that. But do you? Mm-hmm. Do you really give the honor and the respect that a tree deserves? Well, and can you be fascinated by trees? Just in the last few years, I've grown um, a certain sense of fascination for mm-hmm. trees. My first 38 years of my life, or maybe when I was a kid, I was fascinated, but I forgot the trees are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, and, explain what that means, fascinating. Like, well, why are they fascinating? It looks like, I mean, everybody knows that trees are alive, but it, it doesn't move. So I kind of had this assumption that it wasn't anything to be paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And it actually does. And it is alive. And it grows. And it sheds uh, leaves every year. Just like a snake would shed a skin. And then it a... gets quiet in the winter time, And mm-hmm. it looks dead, but it is so fully alive. Mm-hmm. And then spring comes up and you see the buds on the branches come up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just wonderfully beautiful. It's a great metaphor. And it's a great... I use uh, tree as a metaphor for my own life in that um, in yoga, we talk about something called root to rise. Mm-hmm. And basically what that means is you have to ground your feet in order to rise and stretch and be full. If you try and stretch and be full without grounding down through your feet and your legs, you're you're going to have no balance. You're going to fall over. You're going to stretch and, you know, there's no way to, you have no place to rise from. Right. And a tree is the metaphor or the symbol of that kind of grounding where in grounding can be literal, like having a home base and people who love you and having a sense of self and being centered. Grounding can mean many different things. And from that place you can rise. Right. And that's what trees do. They ground down and then, you know, they're in the earth connected and then they can rise and be beautiful. And, you know, you say they don't move, but they move through yeah, with they the wind. Yeah, they do. All the time. That's true. They appear to be inanimate, but actually they, if you look close enough, they they're living. are completely animate. And they're breathing mm-hmm. because they're, breathing. they're taking our... They're doing the reverse of us. Exactly. They're taking in our oxygen. Or no, they're no, taking in our carbon, carbon dioxide, dioxide and then giving They're giving us, us oxygen. Thank you, trees. Thank you. So we just have this, you know, like Todd said, I think maybe when we were little, we had a really deep connection. My mom was just remembering, or my mom was over yesterday and she was saying, you know, do you remember when our weeping willow tree was cut down in the backyard? You know, and I was like, do I remember? Mm-hmm. You know, it was you like do. a huge deal. Right. You know. Why to, was it cut down? Well, you know, I don't really remember. I know that um, there were some bug issues, Mm -hmm. and I know that it took up a lot of the yard and was shading more than it was supposed to. I don't really, you know, as a kid, whatever, whatever, but I know it was heartbreaking. So that leads us to our story. So we have a story, and we're going to try our best not to send our neighbor, Mr. T, under the bus. And we've talked about Mr. T. Yes, we love um, him. So we're going to use this story as maybe a metaphor for for learning, okay? For as for learning many different lessons, and there's many layers to the story, and I don't know how deep I want to go. I want to start shallow, and if we have to go deeper, we can. But essentially, there's a tree that's between our two garages mm-hmm. that it turns out is actually on his property line, mm-hmm. and he's been saying to me for the last few months that that tree's coming down, and uh, I wasn't a big fan of that, but it was on his property line. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, there's nothing I can do about this tree. So if you want to cut it down, go ahead and cut it down because I can't do anything." The reason he wanted to cut it down was because 
um, the leaves got stuck in the gutters. Right. He didn't like that the leaves got stuck in the gutters. So, and Tom and I, it's not that we don't care about our gutters. It's just not our. It's not a big priority. Who cares about the gutters? I mean, he <laughs> cleans out the gutters every other week. Right. I do it every other year. <laughs> so whatever. And um, so th- this was a conversation that happened months ago. So sure enough, I drove up to the house last Friday or whenever it was. And there was branches in his driveway. Well, can I take the story from here? Sure. So I knew all that, and um, you know, I knew that that could be an issue. That the tree, he had said he was going to take the tree down. And I was sitting in my office, and I was working, and and I could see out the back window, and I could, you know, I could hear the, the sawing or whatever. And I looked out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, the tree is coming down!" And I literally and it's sat a big, there. It's, it's a really a big huge tree. tree. I don't know how many feet, but it's twice the height of our garage. And see, the thing you guys have to understand, for those of you who have cut down trees, we're not trying to spread guilt about that because sometimes trees are dead mm. or they're not, you know, they, they become, uh, they're not growing anymore. They're not alive or there's something, they could be a, a hazard to your home. Right. We understand those things, you know. Obviously, you take care of your family and your home and all that kind of thing. But first. the reason this tree was coming down was, was because, because of leaves. Because it shed leaves. And we love and leaves are what it that's what trees do and we would say that to him the other thing i want to say is we are very open with mr t about this we would say to him mr t that's what trees do they shed leaves yeah this had been open Open a relatively open conversation and so i was watching the tree come down i was watching the limbs come down and i was sitting there so like just my heart was heavy and then i walk out into my family room and my youngest or my middle daughter Cameron is looking out the window at the tree, looking out our back door actually, and just turns to me and she says, is the tree dying? What's happening? And this went on for a good hour where she was, she was so sad Mm -hmm. and so not inconsolable, just teary Mm -hmm. and just wanted me to explain why is this happening? Why is this happening? And this is kind of why Todd and I wanted to talk about this on the show because I had to be very thoughtful about what I said to her. So she understood about cycle of life, also so she understood to not blame and not be angry at Mr. T, because again, we love him, mm-hmm. and we do not agree with his choice, but I am not going to decide to dislike him based on this choice, meaning that doesn't help anything. Right. That just spreads more anger well, and more and resentment. For a little bit of perspective, uh, Mr. T is a, a wonderful neighbor who basically has our back. All the time. All the time. You know, we're out of town, the power could shut off, he, he starts a generator at his house, Plugs it, in, you know. He's got our key. Yep. Plugs it Take, in. Brings to in our, our mail. Brings in our mail. He does all that stuff. So he's a wonderful guy who ha- who chooses certain things that we completely don't agree with. Don't agree with. Hundred percent. Right. So, anyways, go ahead. So anyway, so I'll just focus on the kid part of this. So I basically sat down with Cameron and said, first of all, just was kind of like, this is sad, isn't it? So kind of sit in that sadness for a little bit. We don't have to move to hey, cheer up right away. I was sad too. So we kind of watched the tree. And then I said, you know what, why don't, she she actually said to me, I'm going to go up in my room for a little bit. And I said, that's a great idea. Go up, kind of relax. She was up there for about 20, 30 minutes. I went up to check on her. I walked into her room and she was looking out the window at her, at the tree. And watching the murder of the tree. And I was like, oh, honey. And I said, can I just lay in here with you? And I just laid on the bed and I didn't say anything. And she laid down and said, why is this happening? And what is the tree dying? You know, the same questions. So basically what we focused on was I said, let's talk about what this tree, because it's still living. 
It's still energy. It's still moving. It still has purpose. I said, what can this tree be used for? And we started going through things like, you know, I was like, what about the firewood? And what about pencils? And then she started coming up with, she goes, wood for houses and wood for... So we kind of started to focus on how this tree could still live on. Give back. Give back and how we could still feel connected to the tree and that, no, you didn't have to look at it as just the end, which is very, if you guys aren't catching on to this metaphorical good analogy for what i believe happens with us you know we keep moving we're energy we may die a physical death but we continue on which would be a whole nother show right but i'm trying to help her understand that that there it isn't an end Mm -hmm. it may not be the way that we wanted it to end we may we enjoyed that tree and she was asking about the squirrels where the squirrel's gonna go because that's the other thing like we have squirrels that somehow are so smart that they they bite into our garbage can and they go eat our garbage. Squirrels are smart. People say squirrels are dumb. No, they're not dumb. They're very smart, <laughs> and they and they're, it's these big, thick garbage cans mm-hmm. we have. And we saw, we saw their nests up there. And so my my version of the story, which is much shorter than yours, which is I came in. I'm like, I'll be damned. He cut mm-hmm. down that tree. Mm-hmm. I didn't have many feelings for it. I tend to numb out. Mm-hmm. And then I disagree with you. You have feelings for that tree. I'm not done. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry to jump all jump over you, all but over you. See, my initial reaction. Your was, initial I'll reaction was calm. It's kind of like right. when Fred the fish died. Right. Gotcha. Big okay. deal. Okay. And I honestly said, "Oh, the tree came down. That sucks." Right. And then, as you were telling me the story about how you and Cameron got sad, it brought me to a place of. Oh, my gosh. And then I looked at the driveway again because all the branches were in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And it looked like I can't come up with another word other than a corpse. This was chaos. It, this was a murder of a tree. <laughs> if it was sick, it would have made – I couldn't justify it. Right. And I got really sad. Mm. And um, I didn't cry. Mm-hmm. Still working on that. That's all right. But um, it took my hearing your experience with Cameron mm-hmm. to deepen the situation. Mm-hmm. But once – I went there. I'm like, oh my, this is so sad. The, the squirrels live up there. Mm-hmm. It provides a shade. It does all these wonderful things. And it went away for no good reason. In our minds, for yeah. no good reason. And that's the other thing is that for Todd and I, it doesn't make sense. For Mr. T, it does. And something that is very difficult for people to do in this world is, and, and I'm taking this from my friend Annie, who um, Annie Burnside, who I... Um, was lucky enough to see again the other night and she was speaking about you know some ideas around parenting soul-to-soul parenting and one of the things she brought up was living in the paradox which i love her language in that i've always talked about the paradox of self-care but she takes it even further with paradox that something to us that doesn't make sense may make make sense to somebody else and that's okay does that mean we need to say, oh, we agree with them or, oh, we're not upset at all? No. But we to be angry at him for his belief system or his needs only drains us. Right. We can have our own experience with it. We can talk to him and say, we don't agree with this. We can share. Do you see like... You don't have to completely, there's this balance. You don't have to pull away and completely detach and say, well, forget it. I'm not going to deal. We, we said our piece. Right. We don't want you to. Right. We don't agree. But then once he makes his own decision, there is a detaching. Not detaching from the own sadness that we're having or our own frustration, but not taking it out on him. Right. And this is, we're using this story as a metaphor for everything right. in life. When we decide that we could talk about this in a political way, mm-hmm. you know, someone doesn't agree with our political beliefs and they're, they're awful. Bad. We're they're good. stupid. I'm right. They're wrong. They're idiots. The thing is, they have reasons for believing the way they do. Right. And they now, 
they're not this they're obviously not in alignment with our reasons right. otherwise they would agree with us right. but just because they don't agree with us doesn't mean they don't have their own justified reasons just like how they would think we're crazy for thinking, for thinking what's the a way- big deal about the tree right. the tree causes it makes my gutters break or whatever or it's on the power cords right. or whatever it completely he he justified it he did. And, you know, and you take this to, you know, we're going into politics and religion, but religion too. I'm right. They're wrong. You know, they, they're bad. I'm good. And it's such a waste of our, our energy. Not only are we spreading more anger and frustration and negativity, but we're weakening ourselves. Because the thing is, I, you know, I'm going back into my childhood here or maybe even more high school, college. I never understood when people say you should be mad at that person. You shouldn't forgive them. Because I, and I was just about to say, because I always forgave people too easy. I don't think that's true anymore. I used to be down on myself mm. that I would let people, At the expense of yourself. Yes. I would say, people would say, you forgive people too easy. You let them off the hook. And I would kind of be self-depreciating and say, gosh, I must be doing something wrong. Or why am I so weak? And I now reflect on that now that I'm 40. And I have never wanted to be angry at people. I, that doesn't mean I don't say my piece. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't speak. Obviously, I do this show. I say what I believe. Right. But if you don't believe me, or not, that's not the right word. If you don't agree with me, I don't not like you. Mm-hmm. I think you're beautiful mm-hmm. because we talk about children knowing who they are when they come into the world. All of you who are listening were children once, and mm-hmm. you were just as innocent as your own children. And so you are good, and you have... Things that have happened in your life, experiences, and a filter that has been created where you see the world a certain way. I see the world a certain way, and sometimes those things jive with people, and sometimes they don't. But how does it help me to not like you? That's my question. How does that help? Um, I think uh, to take devil's advocate, they'd say that the the negative uh, energy that it creates motivates me to go, um, motivates me to make change. Right. And this is what I'll say. doesn't mean I didn't get angry with Mr. T. It doesn't mean I haven't been angry. I was just sharing with my women's group the other night about how I got angry with someone and how it did propel me to make a change. I still have the feelings of anger, but to decide you are bad, you suck, I don't like you, that's a whole nother layer. That's the whole uh, Shempa thing Yes, that we were talking about. Do you want to explain what that is? I will, actually, I'm going to cheat and read off of the website. So, well, okay. okay, go ahead. Go we ahead. decided I'm going to read it. All you right. Give me your interpretation. Okay, go ahead. So we watched a documentary of a woman who's a Buddhist nun, and her name is Pima Chodron. Pima Chodron. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are in that realm, you know who she is, but most of us don't. And she came up with a um, term, term called... Shempa. Shempa. And it's, and it's a Buddhist term. Yeah, it's an old Buddhist term. And what it says is it's the urge or the hook that triggers our habitual tendency to close down. We get hooked in that moment of tightening when we reach for relief. To get unhooked, we begin by recognizing that moment of unease and then learn to relax in that moment. And so that's, you know, that is the definition as right. Todd read. And the way that I looked at it when she was talking about it is it really resonated with me because to me, Shempa is that place where let's go to the tree. The tree is being cut down. I get angry. Mm-hmm. The feeling comes up. I get sad. Mm-hmm. And there is a hook in that feeling where I can get really attached to that feeling. Well, in the term she used was deliciousness. Deliciousness. There's like an egoic, I want to get angry. Oh, I'm angry and I am justified in being angry. And I'm going to tell everyone how angry I am. And they are going to agree with me. And you hold on to it. And I love the visual of the hook. You hook into it. And we all know how hard it is to get a hook out. You know? Right. And what happens... 
if you think about a fish and a hook, that hook, that fish is probably going to end up dead anyways. Manisha was just telling us that story yesterday really? about they went fishing and she took her little girl fishing and they got a fish and when they got it out of the water, they could not get that hook out of the mouth and she said she didn't realize how bloody it would be and what her daughter was going to experience and that they only wanted to fish and release, mm-hmm. catch and release, yeah. but how challenging that can be to even catch and release right. and how then you look at even fishing differently where you're like, why am I hooking right. a fish? Right. Um, and again, no judgment there. It's just a, a metaphor. Well, in my um, example of, is it Shempa? Shempa. Yeah, S-H-E-N-P-A. I'll try to say this as quickly as I can. Basically, within the last few months, Mr. T, who's not Mr. T, the one that we all know from Rocky Three. What's I was about to say what you talk about, but that's that's no. different strokes. A pity the fool. That's it. Okay. It's not him. Um, but he has said to us, once again, complicated individual, complicated relationship, but... He said we can't drive in his driveway anymore. We right. share driveways. Right. So when all the branches were stuck in his driveway and they, it started raining so the guys couldn't come take care of it that day. So he was without a driveway. Mm. And I'm like, excellent. <laughs> now he is not going to be able to. Now he needs to use my driveway and I'm not going to let him mm. use my driveway. Mm. That was my initial reaction. That was your hook. You're that like, I'm angry hook. and I'm going to stay in this. this. And then um, an hour went by and I'm like, you know what? If I really want to try to use his driveway again, what I'm going to do is I'm going to knock on his door. And I'm going to say, you know what? You're welcome to use our driveway. Mm-hmm. And I did. And he already had something else planned with a neighbor, so See, he didn't need it. I, but you know what you just said? If we really want to try and use his driveway again... I know. I'm going to say... Okay, do you it, have more was, story? No, it okay. was... It, I'm not saying that I am this uh, wonderful person. There was, oh. an, uh, there was an underlying motivation. What can I get out of what this? What can I get out and of it? And you just posted on our Facebook page, character mm-hmm. is when we are considerate or kind to people that can't give us anything. But if I'm going to make a mistake, I'd rather make a mistake doing something nice like saying, True. you know what, True. you can use my, use my driveway... And maybe hopefully he'll end up letting us use it. <laughs> and you'd get some out of it. Well, and what I would say is what what I always talk about as far as this kind of um, this kind of work is you have to practice. If you really want, if you listen to the things Todd and I talk about, or you read your own stuff, or see your own speakers, and you're like, oh, I really want to come from that place of love, you've got to practice. So when I saw the branches on our driveway, of course he can use our driveway. He can be, he can hold on to his stuff and say, I'm not going to let someone borrow that. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to play that game and I don't need anything out of it. Now, if I get something out of it, bonus, right? Right, right. But but that's the practice and that's the unhooking and the not giving in to Shempa. Well, and I got hooked in that moment and then an hour went by. I'm like, you know what? Just when when in doubt, take the nice route. And I made sure that he knew that he was welcome to use my driveway, even though I'm not allowed to use it. Right. And and even though we can still feel feelings of frustration. Yeah. Uh, I know you want to move on to the next thing, but the thing that's key here, it doesn't mean Todd and I don't feel anger. It doesn't mean we don't get frustrated, annoyed, or that to each other we do a little venting. Right. Todd and I are not saints. We're not walking around going, everything is beautiful and kumbaya. We, we have our own, you know, discussions with each other or with our best friends about things that frustrate us or things that don't go our way. But in the end, what are you going to act on? Mm. What are you going to practice? Are you going to practice that anger or are you going to vent it out, let it go, let the energy release, and move forward with love? Um, I want to um, say a quick word about our partners. Okay. Because we're talking about trees. So we might as well take... Tree of life. Tree of life. Chiropractic, chiropractic care. Mm-hmm. Um, their website is chirotree.com. They're uh, uh, chiropractors here in Elmhurst. So if you live in Chicago or the surrounding suburbs... Please check them out. And massage. You're getting massage there, and too. And I'm getting massages there every month to try to do a little bit of self-care. Awesome. And they got a deal where if you get a massage a month, it's like it's $49. Yeah, it's super cheap compared an, to other massages. For an hour. Mm-hmm. And they're really good massages. Mm-hmm. So thank you for reminding me. And then Avid? Avid is our uh, partner, painting, remodeling, all over the Chicagoland area. 
um, avidco.net. And they get nothing but good feedback. 630-956-1800. Okay. Um, I feel like you didn't finish your story with Cameron because then didn't you guys want to go play a board game? Oh, so the end of the story with Cameron is that we sat in her room and she was looking out the window and she was still crying and we were talking about what you can do with wood. And then... Don't, I'm not going to insert anything. joke. I'm not going to insert joke okay, about what I would do with wood. I watched your face change no, when I said that. your face changed first. It did not. Yeah, you it did. did t- okay. So we talked about wood. I'll, I'll talk about wood. <laughs> and then... So whenever you want to talk about wood, just let me know. <laughs> okay. And then I, she was just real sad. We were kind of sitting in the energy of sadness, mm-hmm. like because we could see out her window this tree being cut we'll down. See the destruction we were watching, of this tree. It's kind of like watching, you know how people watch 9-11 over and over and over again and like thought that would like somehow a, make them feel like better? A car crash. Though. Yeah. It's like if you've seen it. So I said, you know, Cam, let's go in my bedroom. Which and is let's, on the opposite on side. On the opposite house. side. And I said, let's sit in my bed. And you can get a game, which is kind of a big thing for me because I'm so not a game player. You can't stand board games. Well, that's too strong. I would prefer you not. You can't stand them. Okay. So I said, go get a game. So she went and got, the, this is the cutest part, she went and got um, Wild Ride to the Heart, right, which, which is, is our heart, feelings heart game. Heart math board game. Yeah, heart math board game. So she came in, she goes, I thought we should play this since I'm having all and, the feelings. And what is it? It's like Candyland except you talk about feelings. You talk about feelings. You have to like act out certain feelings. Um, it's really good. It's, it's cute. So she brought it in, and we played, and that was good, and we laughed a lot, too, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things we had to act out. And then she went and got Kids on Stage, which is another good uh, game that your sister gave us, where you have to act out certain things. So the the thing that I loved about it is we literally did move the energy. Right. It's like, it is sad what's going on outside, but we don't really have control about what's happening. So we talked about our feelings and kind of went to that place, and we'd probably have to go back there now that, you know, every day I pull up, I see it. That feeling may still arise, but it doesn't really help to just go, you know, in this situation. Stand I felt it. like we needed to move it. Right. To, to, so you had a choice. You could sit in this place of anger or sadness. And just watch it or happen. Or you could do something to move it out. To move it out. And so that's what you did. That's what we did. And then we laid in bed and I read my book and she read her book and then you came home. But it felt like a um, the process was good. I didn't have a plan. I, you know, obviously we didn't even know any of this was going to happen. But you kind of know. This is where we talk about intuition and feeling. You kind of know when it's been too long. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, my daughter's been sad too long about this. Let's, let's shift something. But you also know when it's been too short. Meaning when you're sitting there and she really still needs to talk about it or your son for that matter and they're not done let them kind of mull through that but when you feel like okay you know we've kind of been through all these questions we've done this let's shift to a different right. you know because really our thoughts are our reality mm-hmm. um so let's let's get to that place so anyway so you posted something on facebook yesterday um, okay. on the giving tree yes love the giving tree it's funny because somehow that book escaped me as a child so i read it as an adult like a year or two ago oh it probably bummed you out as an adult yeah. Um, what's the deal with that thing? Well, I found it very interesting regarding what we're talking about today with trees because the tree loved the boy mm-hmm. and the boy loved the tree. They had a, and, and it's a, I think, again, a relationship. I would question if the boy loved the tree. Well, he did when he was a boy. Okay. He used to hug and hug that tree and swing from his vines right. and it made the tree happy and he would sleep under the tree and that made it. They were best friends. They were buds. And what happened to the boy is he grew older, very natural development. You know, he fell in love, you know, mm. all that kind of thing. He moved on. He got very connected to the outside world, very connected to needing success and he used the tree. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing that where this is, people have different feelings about this book because the tree was happy to share with the boy mm-hmm. just like the sun you know this this saying the sun doesn't ever say to the earth what's in it for me what's in it for me right. it loves to give mm-hmm. and the moon and you know um most of all of nature right. just gives right. it just is 
So the tree in its isness mm-hmm. was willing to give to the boy, but from a human perspective, the boy really stopped giving back yeah. to the tree. There's no deposits made emotional deposits made from the boy's standpoint. All right. he did was make withdrawals. Withdrawals. All he did was take, take, take. Exactly. Until the end when he said... I don't know. He said, well, at the end, he's an old man. And he said, I don't need anything. Because the tree... He comes back and the tree just, says, I have nothing to give you. I'm a just stump. a stump. Right. And the old man said, I need nothing. I just need to sit mm-hmm. on your stump. And the tree was happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so they came back together. Mm-hmm. And So and, you don't think the tree was bitter or mad? <laughs> No. Well, I laugh even. Of course not. Oh. The tree accepted. I'd be, I'd, I'd be pissed. Well, and the thing is, he did not contain. As a human being, you would be because we carry those we have feelings. Something called ego, and ego. Trees don't. exactly. And there's more of a reciprocity in relationship. But he, as a tree, was willing to love that boy, whatever that meant. Just gave. He just gave. It was a giver. He was a giving tree. He was a giving That's tree. That's the name. So, so again, people have different perspective on that book, and I, I would never want to say this is what it means because I think it means different things to other people. But in the end, they came back together. Circle of life. Okay. All right. Should we move on to um, our second subject real quickly? With our five minutes left? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is a question, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say the guy's name. No, don't. Or Just not. yeah. We, we get questions from people who listen, and we're trying to it do was, our best. It was from a guy, and he says that he's he loves the show, and he has a two-year-old boy. Uh, and the boy is, he seemingly is, in, he's very engaging and he walks up to anybody. So basically it's the opposite of, you know how we talked about kids being shy yeah. um, and how your kids don't want to shake hands with people or hug people. It sounds like he has a son who will run up to anybody right. and hug them and kiss them. So he says, how do I introduce the concept of stranger danger in a manner that doesn't injure his loving, trusting spirit? Mm, mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I don't have any simple answers for this. Um, I just have kind of a general one. Let's hear it. Um, is that it's the same thing for them as far as teaching them to trust their own instincts mm-hmm. is really that child has maybe a, um, you know, just kind of had not a, a bigger heart than other children. A demeanor, a wonderful, I don't know. He just has this love to spread. And right. so he kind of sees it. Again, he... We share a belief system because I do believe everybody has that in them, but right. not. But at the same time, you have to be thoughtful about teaching your child about what doesn't feel good. And I think that while you are teaching children who are shy to trust their instincts, you do the same things with children who run up to other people. Is you know did did it did that feel right to you? Did you know what was their response? Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You're trying to find that balance of allowing them to feel what feels right for them. Mm-hmm. A two-and-a-half-year-old is so young right. that there are definitely some literal boundaries you can put up where you can say, you know, this is somebody new, so we're going to shake hands with them. Right. You know, you can start to teach them some more literal, right. um, bo- you know, some boundaries. Right. Is literal the right word I'm looking for? Some real boundaries. Real boundaries right. You know, we, we hug this person because you know them really well. With this person, we're going to shake hands and say hello. Right. And so because they're so young. Right. And I think... My belief system, again, is as they get older, if you help them trust themselves, they will feel from people whether or not it's appropriate right. to run up and hug them Well, or not. and I think if I'm this guy, I'd say, well, you know what? My son doesn't know. He doesn't have that trigger. And he mm. just thinks everybody is great, even if it's some kid passing out candy at a park. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think... Well, I mean, again, 
I'm really focusing on the age. If he said, I have a seven-year-old who does this, mm-hmm. I would be a little more concerned. Right. Um, he, a two-and-a-half-year-old is still in that place of, like, everything's of, good. Of wonder. And, exactly. Yeah. And so that is our job. We're, they're never really out of our sight mm-hmm. or they're with a sitter or whatever. So they're always have, have yeah, adult supervision. Yeah, you keep them safe. Right. Exactly. So that's why you can practice the things, like, with this person, you know, and then maybe... Maybe they meet them and they say, we're going to shake hands. But at the end of this meeting, they get to know them better. Now right. we can give a hug. So right. you start to teach those boundaries. Would you say you even decide when to give permission of who to hug and who not to hug? Well, I think that's tough because what if you say, oh, we all hug grandpa and grandpa ends up not being that loving and cozy and this comfortable. Kid, this kid's going to hug grandpa. He's hugging strangers. You might as well hug. I guess my thing is, is that with, yes, you could be, you could say, um, you know, with family, because we know them when we trust them, hugs are okay. Right. But it's not being so absolute about you always hug grandpa. Right. It's if you want to hug grandpa. Right. That's great because we know Grandpa very well, and that's right. a safe person. I just—it's like such a fine balance to teaching stranger danger and not putting a lot of fear yeah. in kids. And I don't like—I said—I don't know if we can do this justice right now because mm-hmm. there's so many layers and pieces. Right. Um, but the thing that's most important is number one because this um, kid is so young, you can start to teach those boundaries with the shaking hands or the saying hello or the high fives with someone we don't know well, you know. Um, and at the same time, teaching the kid to. Try their instincts, not just with meeting people, but the things we've talked about before, like, you know, what should I wear today? What do you think you should wear today? Right. You're trying to strengthen that muscle in them where they trust themselves. Instead of telling them every little bit. Exactly. Okay. Um, two things. I want to promote your book, Self-Aware Parent. You get it at kathycadams.com. Uh-huh. You've got two books, and then you run in a special where you buy them both for 20 bucks. $20 on my page, kathycadams.com. And Daily Method. Oh, yeah. you're. Um, I'm doing a workshop tomorrow, um, Wednesday. Um, about uh, body and quieting negative self-talk and coming having thoughts of more joy and compassion. It's at The Daily Method. It's at noon. In Elmhurst. In Elmhurst. And you can just walk in or register. Okay. And then I want to throw two more things at you okay. in the next 30 seconds. Okay. I was, yeah. Uh, the first thing is... Uh, you did something really nice uh, last week, so I'm giving you a testament of your parenting style. What I do? Cameron got really sad, and I don't remember what it was about, okay. but basically you said, tonight, we're just going to be sad. Oh. And instead of trying to fix it, you just said, tonight, we're not going to fix anything. We're just going to let you be sad. And the reason I'm saying something nice about you is because I'm going to make fun of you. Uh-oh, okay. Why do you have three different pickle jars in the fridge? <laughs> You buy, like, a pickle jar every week. And I you write bear- on the top if it's old or new. You need to work on the pickle jar thing. Okay. I probably should have started with the bad story and then followed up with I know, because now it's, we it's don't have, I don't have time to explain. So, yeah, sorry. everybody have a good week. Adios. Adios.